Hey, Hound Dogs, I'm David Hankins. And I'm Paul Hankins. Welcome to On the Air with Power Squared. It's kind of a jam-packed show tonight. We're uh, Originally, we're going to talk about issue 13, which is coming out on the 13th. But we also want to take some time to talk about Kazuki Takahashi, who recently died. Yeah. And the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes. Which I know meant a lot to you. Yeah. So I want to let you talk about him. All right. Uh, so... Uh, my first exposure to Yu-Gi-Oh! was through the anime, mm-hmm. uh, aired on Kids WB. Uh, this was still during the time when Pokemon was more at the height of its, uh, popularity. Which came first? I mean, I know with you it was Pokemon, then Yu-Gi-Oh!, but do you know which actually came first? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't. Okay. Um, but they are both, uh, from the, based on when they originally started, they're both, uh, mid to late nineties properties. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, this is the, uh, show represented here in this, uh, complete, uh, series. So, so it's, this was the first series, right? Yeah. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Also known now as uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this was the uh, original series uh, with Yu- uh, Yu-Gi-Moto as the lead character. Now, um, you, how did, I mean, I know it was on Kids WB. Did you just happen to find that? Did you other kids talking about it? I... Online? I mean, I don't know if you were online at that age, probably not. <laughs> I was a little online at that age. Okay. Um, I don't exactly remember, uh, as the best I can remember, uh, it was mostly me just happening to, us just happening to, uh, catch it. Okay. And, uh, as soon as, uh, Yugi played, or Yami played Zodia, we were hooked on Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. So it was the first episode. <laughs> okay. Um, so you, did you catch it right at the very beginning? Uh, pretty much. Okay. Uh, I remember we then got into... Sorry. It's sorry, a live show. a couple things. Uh, I remember I then got into the card game when it first came out. Uh, these aren't the like original cards that came out, but we have been collecting since uh, Legend of Blue Eyes. Now, I read somewhere that yes. the, sort of the card game was kind of a afterthought, or it wasn't really part of the main thrust of the story. Yeah, right? that's true. Um, so. Uh, after we got into the anime and the card game, we then got into the manga. Mm-hmm. So there's the first volume. And this is the last volume. We have the whole series. How many volumes are there? Uh, well, the thing is, they separated it by like Yu-Gi-Oh and then Yu-Gi-Oh Duelist and then Yu-Gi-Oh Millennium World to separate the arcs. Okay. Uh, so I'd say it's. I think it's like around 40 volumes okay. the whole thing um anyway yeah Yu-Gi-Oh started off the, the first 13 volumes were here or just Yu-Gi-Oh uh it was about gaming in general 
Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Mean, uh, franchise to Game King. Did not know that. Or King of Games. Okay. Very dust on the camera right there. So, uh... <clears throat> anyway, it was about uh, gaming in general. So, uh... Uh, Yugi solves the Millennium Puzzle and becomes his body becomes inhabited by the spirit of the of an ancient Egyptian pharaoh, mm-hmm. uh, and he uh, the pharaoh goes around uh, basically punishing bad people, okay, or evil, and uh, through shadow games, mm-hmm. and the games would change every pretty much every chapter. And uh, I forget which volume it is, but that introduced uh, Magic and Wizards, which is basically what we would know as Yu-Gi-Oh. And that had that was just more that was just written more as like a one-off parody of Magic: The Gathering. Okay. Uh, but readers wanted to know more about it, so Takahashi expanded on the rules and made that the subject uh, he brought it back and then he made it the subject of an entire of entire story arcs which is basically the duelist portion mm-hmm. of the series uh which yeah Trevor says 38 volumes and uh the card games interest in volume two okay <clears throat> so uh we would know that the story arcs that we would know from the manga are like uh, Duelist, Duelist Kingdom, which is when they go to an island to play the card game, mm-hmm. and then uh, Battle City, which is uh, when Kaiba hosts a tournament or, uh, that takes place entirely within Domino City, basically just to get revenge on Yugi <laughs> okay. for beating him like that one time. Um, and then Millennium World is... Uh, when uh, the pharaoh uh, finally uh, confronts his past and uncovers his memories by reliving his past. Okay. And then we learn uh, his name. Okay. Um, so, Yu-Gi-Oh! I mean, it's still going on, though, isn't it? Yeah. There's uh, anime, at least. I mean, did, the, did he stop being involved with it or writing it? or? Um, so, he was the most directly involved with the original manga Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm just going to assume he had some uh, involvement with the anime Uh, he came up with story ideas for Yu-Gi-Oh! GX and Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds and he designed the main characters of GX 5Ds and uh, yeah, I guess he might have also uh, had some story involvement with like minor story involvement with Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel and designed the main characters and or the main character and uh I I'm it's a little fuzzy on his involvement with uh Arc 5 or Vreens okay now um so the manga is over and the anime is what's still going on yeah. Right. Okay. So it's although not... the uh, some of the the spinoff series up to uh, arc five also got their own uh, manga adaptation with a different storyline. Okay. And was he involved with those? Uh, 
I would say at least vaguely involved. Okay. So it says uh, his uh, studio, Studio Dice, is associated with it as like a consulting credit. Okay. But I don't know how much involvement exactly he had. Okay. So now I read somewhere that the card game is the largest card game in the world. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's generally fair to say, although uh, at least over here its biggest competition is Magic the Gathering and Pokemon. Okay, I mean, but, okay. and But they have tournaments worldwide, and yeah. there's different rules, different cards, all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah. They have, uh, yeah, then, like, the World Championship has its own ban list. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember every time that comes out, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also got reminded of the uh, spinoff manga Yu-Gi-Oh R, which was uh, which had involvement from Takahashi and was drawn by his uh, assistant, who also created Vanguard. Okay. Wow. So it just got huge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so now you collect the cards. Yes. And there's more than just in that little pack. Yeah. So roughly, how many cards do you think you have? Uh. uh <laughs> From years and years of collecting, probably over, I know it's over uh, 50,000. Okay, so it's a lot of cards. Yeah. So. Um, okay. That does mean a lot of dupes because there are only 10,000 or so unique cards. I see. Okay, so you have 50,000, but there's 10,000. Yeah. Do you have every unique card? No. No. Not by a long shot. I know that when you were starting to collect, like, there was like five parts of Exodia or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the five pieces of Exodia. And that was like real expensive at the time yeah now it's like nothing it's dirt cheap right because it was like you know yeah I recall or at the time it was like 40 bucks for the set or something yeah it was just like it's a piece of cardboard with a drawing yeah that <laughs> seemed like a lot okay and uh also related to the anime uh this is cool at one point they released uh uncut dvds because mm -hmm. uh the four kids the four kids the original four kids version mm -hmm. uh censored uh imagery and changed lines uh one of the most infamous censorships was like uh they're like the security guards obviously holding guns but it's changed to just like you know like po pointing finger yeah <laughs> uh so anyway these are they only made three of these okay uh for reasons you could probably look up but uh so it's these are nine the first nine episodes completely unedited unchanged uncut now you also mentioned uh that sometimes the cards get censored here yeah so in the it's more like uh in the the four kids was trying to uh deal with uh fcc uh regulations uh so they I guess they legally couldn't show uh, like the full text of the cards so they did this uh, weird uh, <laughs> format that's exclusive to the dub where uh, it's like picture and then bo a colored box that shows like a symbol and like a smaller trap or for a monster it shows like the attribute the attack and defense and that's it <laughs> right. and then uh but I thought the cards were actually censored when they got here, some of the cards. Yeah, some of the imagery was also censored, yes. Okay. Uh, like, uh, 
like uh, cleavage was uh, covered up or uh, gun actual guns were changed to like laser guns okay. like uh, it's most obvious on cards like uh, barrel dragon uh, where it's it's obviously meant to turn into like this futuristic laser gun and uh, some other uh, stuff like okay. that All right. uh, anyway the anime uh, also the series also got own share of uh, movies, okay, uh, like Yu-Gi-Oh the movie, which was uh, later later got reinstated with its original Japanese subtitle Pyramid of Light because there was already a Yu-Gi-Oh the movie based on the original Toei adaptation, okay. which never made it over here. So that's why I'm not I haven't been talking about that one. Uh, anyway, Yu-Gi-Oh the movie, I remember just I distinctly remember seeing this in the theater. And having the time of my life. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I later, we later saw, uh, Trevor and I later saw a uh, remaster of it, which was still cool because I also had a preview of the Reigns dub. Alright. Then uh, there was later uh, Yu Gi Oh! Bonds Beyond Time, uh, also released as Yu Gi Oh! 3D Bonds Beyond Time, which was a crossover movie between uh, the original. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! series and GX and 5Ds. Okay. Uh, interestingly, this is actually canon to Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds because they actually reference the events of the movie later. Uh, but is that the one we saw in the theater? Uh, we, we've seen all of them in the theater. Okay, alright. I mean, there was uh, one we went to especially to see it and they gave out cards and all that. Was uh, they gave out uh, they they gave out cards with all the movies. Uh, and this with this, it was like a random assortment of four, and you just had to get it. Yeah. Or uh, when the DVD originally came out, you could also it also came with a pack that had like two cards you could send away for the ones that you didn't get, uh, or something like that. Uh, Bonds Beyond Time. Uh, there was a, I believe the promo card was uh, Malefic Red Eyes. And uh, we had to, we and other people at the screening had to like bug the theater. Oh, that's the one I remember that. Yeah, we were, yeah, they, yeah, we didn't get the cards, and then oh yeah, yeah they did, and had to go back and get them. As I recall. Yeah, we just wait like ten minutes or something. Yeah, we were even outside the theater and went back in to get. Yeah, them. yeah. because we saw other people with the card. Yeah, uh, and then uh, the last thing, the last movie that came out was. Uh, Dark Side of Dimensions. Uh, this one uh, also had a promo card that was, I believe, a variant of Oblis the Tormentor. And uh, this wasn't, this didn't uh, get very many, this wasn't in very many theaters over here, so we were forced to watch it in like the lap of luxury in order to. See oh, it. that's one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Serve food at the. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is uh, sort of the. F- the finale of Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, it clearly is in the manga continuity, although the dub puts it in the anime continuity. <laughs> but in any case, this is... Uh, I remember liking it. So it's the final movie based on the manga? Yeah, series. based okay. on the original Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. Uh, of course, there's also... Uh, 
a ton of merchandise based on Yu-Gi-Oh! The two cool things that were pretty recent were, were uh, a couple model kits. This one was based on the Millennium Puzzle. You put the pieces of the puzzle together and then you they don't tell you how to solve the Millennium Puzzle. But we you managed to do solve that. the Millennium Puzzle. So that the magical ability became yours. <laughs> So I can feel the power of the pharaoh. <laughs> yes. Uh, the spirit of the pharaoh. And then uh, also a much easier model kit. That was the gold sarcophagus, which is meant to house the pieces of the puzzle. Ah. Uh, just like in the series. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, Takahashi has also camera oh. got blurry. We're actually uh, witness protection. <laughs> uh, anyway, Yu-Gi-Oh is not the only thing Takahashi has done, but it's definitely his biggest work. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh has uh, done a lot for me and other people like. Uh, it's helped me socialize when I normally wouldn't because I'm a bit of an introvert. And uh, it's helped me, like, it's helped me also, like, make friends while growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, even during the, that point in, like, middle school or high school where it wasn't cool to like it. Uh, we're, still, we're still able to find people who did like it. Yeah. We were able to uh, socialize. And, uh... <clears throat> you want to talk about this other thing? Yeah, so he Takahashi is also did Secret Reverse, which uh, seems to be the last work that he did. Okay, what was this? Uh, so in Secret Reverse, uh, it's a Western-style comic book that he always wanted to do. Uh, Marvel actually approached him to do it. Uh, so it's about uh, Iron Man and Spider-Man. Uh, they go to Japan for a gaming convention, and they end up uh, fighting uh, Rager Okayo, who is basically Seto Kaiba without being Seto Kaiba. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's a really good... I, I really like this. Uh... Takahashi's artwork also uh, evolved a lot. You can clearly see it when looking at Secret Reverse versus like the first volume of Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, we actually also have the, I don't have it here right now, but we also have the art, his uh, art book, uh -huh. uh, which is, it's a fascinating, uh, not just fascinating gallery, but a fascinating read because he talks about uh, his experiences as an artist and uh, certain aspects he reveals certain aspects about Yu-Gi-Oh that he uh, that he came up with and how he did that and then also his influences mm -hmm. like for example uh, one of his influences was uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure uh, because of the darkness of Araki's uh, artwork mm -hmm. which uh, you can totally you can totally see that in uh, Yu-Gi-Oh uh, like the first thirteen volumes are a lot darker than the rest of it. Right. Like, it borders on being a horror series, okay. actually. 
And uh, he also talked about how uh, before he became a mangaka, he was a uh, graphic designer. Uh, so he approaches everything, including panel layouts, as a graphic design. Hmm. And right. you can clearly see that, and it helps his uh, artwork really stand up. Okay. Uh, there is uh, one other... There is one uh, really cool memory that I have. Okay. And uh, regardless of what I said before, it's the coolest thing that ever happened to me at Comic-Con. Okay. Why don't you tell us about it? All right. So I clearly remember the, the day. Uh, we found out before... Uh, we went to Comic-Con in 2015 that Kazuki Takahashi was going to be a guest. Uh, we had bought uh, something for him to sign, which ended up not being relevant. We wanted to be prepared. They are very strict with his time. Yeah. And uh, he was also there to promote uh, Dark Side Dimensions because he had a heavy hand in the production. Yeah. Uh, so... I remember we got the thing that we wanted him to sign like in the mail right before we were gonna leave, so we took that as a good omen. Okay. So uh, the you know, he was gonna do an autograph session, and that was a lottery system. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, pre Duelist Kingdom is volume one, one through seven. Okay. Anyway, uh, first seven volumes were dark as well as trying to say right, earlier. Right. Okay, so he uh, <clears throat> he was going to do an autograph session, and that was a lottery system. Mm-hmm. So we stood in line uh, like early in the morning. Yes. Uh, for the chance to get a wristband that would allow us into the uh, autograph session in the sa- in the sales pavilion, and uh, I remember we waited a long time <laughs> for them to start doing the lottery. But uh, uh, we were, like, all four of us mm-hmm. went in, and we were lucky to get two. That was a, it was limited. Yeah, it was very limited. Uh, not very many people were able to see him. Uh, so, anyway, we, we were very lucky to get two wristbands. And so we waited in line. And uh, they uh, gave us a piece of paper to write our name down. Mm-hmm. And then we had to hand it back to whoever gave it to us. And then they handed us the paper back, and it was our name in Japanese. Okay. So then we finally got to Takahashi. We, everyone who was in line, got this, which was a unique. Uh, artwork made specifically for his convention appearance. And it's signed to you in, with your name in Japanese and then he signs it. Yeah, with a that's my name in Japanese. And that's his autograph right there Okay. for people who are watching. <laughs> uh, so uh, that was a yeah, that was like the best Graphic experience ever had because that was because of how important he was to me. Uh, and while we were while we were uh, in front of Takahashi, we we didn't have much time, but we were able to we had enough time to ask him a question. Okay, why'd you ask him? Okay, so 
Trevor asked, uh, like, who's your favorite character? He said, Yugi, Joey, and Kaiba. Okay. I asked, I decided to ask him, uh, uh, what says, I don't remember exactly what I asked, but I remember I asked, uh, like, what's your opinion on the spinoff series? I had to clarify, I meant, like, GX, 5D, Zexel, mm-hmm. and, uh... I remember he uh, laughed at the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the translator assured me it was at the question. <laughs> and uh, he said, look, I really like my original series. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was probably the best. So, I'll say it again. That was the best autograph session at comic-con i've ever had and i remember it being you couldn't take a photograph of him no they had guards around like he was the president of the united states or something it was very uh yeah very tight security uh, my understanding most mangaka are camera shy so they don't uh they don't like having their picture taken so uh over here when some mangaka show up they heavily highly discourage uh taking photos right remember that with uh first guy we saw at Comic-Con. Yeah. He didn't want to have his picture taken either. I took a picture at the panel. <laughs> All right. Uh, so has he influenced your work on Power Squared? <laughs> so I have to bring it back. Yes. Uh, as we covered in previous episodes, uh, the from the card game, the uh, Yosenju archetype influenced the uh, issue 19, which was the when Marty and Eli go up against a trio of Kamei Tachi. Okay, that's coming in the next few years. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, because coming out on Wednesday, yes, the 13th is issue 13. Appropriately enough. Of Power Squared. Uh, this is the, oops, I'm sorry, The Imposter Part 1. Uh, it's the uh, first time that uh, Julia Cannon did the coloring for us. And it's, I forget how many, eight or nine issue that uh, Rachel worked on. So, yeah. anyway, that's coming out on the 19th, uh, the 13th. Wow. Shoot, <laughs> 13th. We're talking We're throwing 19. numbers around. Yeah, and I get confused. So, this is coming out on, on Wednesday, the 13th, the day that this will air. There'll be a link below. Uh, we encourage you to shop through the SRCC Campus Store on our website. There'll be a link in the video. Uh, but issue 13 is coming out and of course all the issues are available there uh, and they're all available and in digital and in print yeah uh, and so we and there's also merchandise like these great shirts and uh, some <laughs> uh, chibi shirts that uh, Julia designed yeah. will also be there and a new poster so you should check it out yes uh, but as part of the hype for issue 13 we made a video yes with not us in it, <laughs> um, about the a character that we're introducing yes. uh, in, the, in this issue. Uh, so let's show it. Pedro has always had a knack for mimicry. It was something he developed early on. When he was a kid, he would entertain his large family with his impersonations of people he'd seen on television. His dream was someday to try his hand at stand-up comedy, but his parents were insistent that he get a degree. While they wanted to send him to a four-year college, he resisted. 
He had a friend in high school, Quincy Victoria Davidson, a girl that could convince him to do anything, even going to San Romero Community College. But he never lost his desire to do impersonations. And Quincy introduced him to her friend, Dr. Horatio Atlas, who gave Pedro something that made him more than just an impersonator. He became capable of becoming anyone. He became the imposter. As the imposter, his powers could prove formidable against Marty and Eli. So uh, that will also go up on our YouTube channel and will be available through the website. Yes. Under characters and Pedro. Yeah. That was uh, uh, obviously the artwork from the two issues, that are Imposter 1 and 2, and was uh, narrated by Juan Esquera, who is uh, on Twitch as Iron Fortitude, uh, if you want to uh, catch him. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, I think, plays games. Yeah, <laughs> on uh, Twitch, so you can catch him. Uh, free plug for him, by the way. Um, anyway, so that's coming out on uh, the 13th. We hope you'll will pick it up. And if you if it's if this is new to you, there's plenty out there to read. Um, I'm gonna talk about. Uh, so next week we're gonna talk about going to Comic Con. Yeah, because we're gonna be going to Comic Con uh, as. Uh, Professionals, but with there's no table or anything. We're just gonna go there and and as attendees, as attendees, uh, hopefully someday soon, uh, we will actually have a table or something like that. We did actually apply, yeah, for an artist alley, and uh, they were full up. They were trying to uh, uh, emphasize the people who had already applied before. Yeah, in 2020. Yeah, they got canceled. Um, we're also hoping to have uh, Don Wynn on as a guest to talk about going to conventions in the age of COVID and what to expect at Comic-Con, what he's going to do, that kind of stuff. So that'll be an interesting show. Yeah. That'll be next week. Uh, the week after that, we will be at Comic-Con. And so uh, Julia and Rachel will actually do the show. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, what they do with it. <laughs> <laughs> and probably badmouth us a lot. And then uh, the Friday, the next Friday, the 29th, we're introducing a comic book um, book club. Yeah. Uh, which and we're actually going to start with a manga, uh, Spy Family. So if you've actually read that and want to participate, you can come on and leave comments. Yes. Uh, if you have... Uh, uh, things you want to discuss about uh, Takahashi, uh, you can also leave comments on the video. Yes. And um, I think we'll uh, try to respond to those. Yeah. Uh, if we can. And um, anyway, so I think that's kind of the show. Yeah. Uh, also, before I do the sign off, uh, in light of uh, Takahashi's passing, uh, I would highly recommend reading uh, Secret Reverse and also checking out uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime and manga. Uh, the manga is a good is a good read, I would say. Okay. Uh, and although the anime was dubbed by uh, four kids, uh, it's still a good uh, nostalgia. And uh, although you can still watch it uh, subtitled elsewhere. So until next time, I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. You've been on the air with Power Squared.